Good afternoon, and thank you for enjoying it with a six-pack. The Scotty six-pack, you hear the sirens. That means it is emergency podcast time. And yes, the moment has finally come. I'm your host, Kedrick Stumbrus. I'm your host of the Scotty six-pack podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Kedrick Stumbrus and follow the podcast at Scotty six-pack to get the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. This podcast we're bringing to you every single day, giving you the top six stories that you need to know as a Wisconsin sports fan. But today, we're bringing you an extra special episode as the Green Bay Packers have finally agreed to a trade that will send Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. Yes, it is over. It is finally, finally over. And listen, you have followed me on Twitter. I have been in the steadfast camp that the Packers have the leverage in this trade situation. And the New York Jets fans really, really, really are in denial over just how much they thought they were going to get out of this trade from Green Bay. They thought that they were going to have to just get Aaron Rodgers and maybe the Packers would have to give up a bunch of conditions in case that Aaron Rodgers did not play in the following season and then the Jets would just give up a second round pick in return, and then the Packers would return a third rounder if Aaron Rodgers did not play in 2024. No. And this is looking to be a masterclass by Brian Gutekinds, the general manager of the Green Bay Packers. The total compensation breaks down in the trade like this. The New York Jets get Aaron Rodgers and a Packers 2023 fifth round pick. In return, the Packers receive from New York a first round pick swap. So the Packers move up two spots in this year's NFL draft from 13 to 15, while the Jets get the Packers 15. The Packers are getting one of the Jets' second round picks. I've not seen whether or not that's 42 or 43, but again, kind of negligible there. Uh, and then a second round pick in 2024 that turns into a first so long as Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of offensive snaps for the New York Jets this upcoming season. That will probably happen unless Aaron Rodgers gets horribly injured or is terrible, and in which case then the Packers get a really high second round pick. And the Packers don't have to pay $60 million to Aaron Rodgers. Oh, and did I also mention that it looks like part of this deal will be Aaron Rodgers signing a contract before he goes to the Jets? That is also going to take off some of the cap casualties of pulling this trade over for the Packers to send Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Um, That's significant. That's That's huge. So not only are the Packers swapping first-round picks for the New York Jets to move up two spots, getting a second-round pick in this year's NFL draft, and then getting another second, potentially, I'd say likely, first-round pick in 2024, they're also the ones getting salary cap relief out of this trade. All of this after the Jets fandom said, Packers have no leverage in this trade, Packers aren't getting a first-round pick in value, they're arguably getting two first-round picks in value. Uh, and 
that the Packers, in order to facilitate this trade, are going to need to take on some of Aaron Rodgers' salary. Nope. Packers are getting a first-round pick in value and a first-round pick on its own. And on top of that are the ones getting cap relief rather than the New York Jets. And this goes all the way back to when I first talked about this, the first emergency podcast in this feed, which kind of kicked off the revival of this podcast feed. And I, listen, I'm no expert. I'm just a guy talking alone in a room to himself, hoping that this finds some your balls out there somewhere. But I really believed and still believe that I am a person who is pretty well qualified to speak on who has the leverage in this trade because I'm a fan of the Chicago Blackhawks and I just watched the Blackhawks trade away the greatest American-born hockey player of all time to the New York Rangers. That was a trade situation in which the Chicago Blackhawks did not have leverage and the, the Rangers ended up giving Chicago less in trade compensation than what Chicago fans were ultimately hoping for. And that's because Patrick Kane had a no-trade clause and only said that he wanted to go to the New York Rangers. And if he did not get traded, he could have gone to the New York Rangers in the offseason. That is not what the situation was at all. Aaron Rodgers was not on an expiring contract like Patrick Kane. Aaron Rodgers did not have a no-movement clause like Patrick Kane. Sure, let's, let's quibble about whether or not Aaron Rodgers would have played for a team that wasn't the New York Jets. But, like, Packers could have sent him or could have just not sent him anywhere. Because the other difference is that because Aaron Rodgers was not on an expiring contract, he could not just go to the New York Jets next season if he wanted to. Not only that, Aaron Rodgers is 39 years old. He was going to play for the New York Jets or never play a snap of football Again, Packers weren't at risk of seeing Aaron Rodgers walk to another team and get nothing in return. They were just at risk of getting nothing in return for an asset that then would otherwise just be worthless. And that's fine. Um, I Andrew Brandt posted something in the wake of this trade being announced that I found very uh, poignant and... That was, well, first, <laughs> the perspective of the conditions on the trade for the 2024 second round pick to become a first, which was what I still don't understand from a Jets perspective. The 2024 second converts to a first with 65% playtime only. No statistical conditions, no playoff conditions. Really? Because, yeah, really? That's That's it? We were told these were going to have significant conditions. We were told this was going to have appearance in the AFC Championship game or appearance in the Super Bowl-type conditions on getting a first-round pickback in this trade. There was nothing like this that was said. Nothing like this that was included in the, tra in the draft. So, uh, going back to the other note that Packers get all this for a quarterback who's 39 years old, wasn't going to be able to walk away next offseason and just go to the Jets and risk the Packers getting nothing in return for him. Andrew Brandt pointed out, so let me get this straight. The Packers get a first-round pick swap in 2023, a high second-round pick in 2023, a likely first-round pick in 2024, at worst a second, 
a $60 million financial obligation taken off their hands for a player that was never going to play for them again. That is as plain and simple and stark as you can put it. For a player that was, according to his own words, 90% retired. For a player that, if this trade did not happen, was just never going to play again, period, full stop. Regardless of whether or not you think the Packers had the leverage in this situation, they found a way to make some. And if you were really the steadfast believer that the New York Jets had all the leverage in this trade, then you need to look at Woody Johnson and look at Joe Douglas and paint them as clowns and say that the New York Jets absolutely failed in this trade. If you were a person who thinks that the Jets had the leverage in this situation, it is not time for you to back off of that take. It is time for you to paint the Jets' front office as clowns because you cannot have this both ways. You cannot say at the end of the trade and see the comp and say based on the outcome that your philosophy toward approaching the trade change. Just because the end result did not end with how you thought about the conditions surrounding the trade. Because honestly, I do get just a little how you think the Jets had some leverage here. Because if this trade did not happen, then Aaron Rodgers never plays a snap of football again, but the Packers don't get anything for him to return. I get it. I absolutely get it. Um, the flip side is that, you know, he's not walking anywhere. He's not playing a snap of football ever again, period. So it's not that the Packers were at risk of losing Aaron Rodgers to a competitor if this trade did not get done. And it also meant that the Packers were at risk of getting to spread the cap cap hit out more if Aaron Rodgers ended up retiring, ended up retiring after Jake first. That's better for the Packers. Um, so really, this was a situation in which Packers had the leverage all the way through. Packers could have just sat on this tray as long as they wanted until the Jets gave them the compensation that they wanted. And the initial reporting from this uh, that happened on live TV, on NFL Live, mind you, uh, go to Twitter, go to the internet, and go look at the reactions of the other panelists on there as uh, Adam Schefter broke this news. What? <laughs> because it's hilarious. Mina Kimes doing a full gasp, like burying her head in her hands. Just great, great, great stuff. Um, the reporting came out that they expect Aaron Rodgers to attend some off-season workouts now. The Packers had the leverage in this situation because the Jets desperately want this quarterback to attend off-season workouts. They want him to be part of the team. They want him to be working out with the team, want him in the playbook for a brand new team. And yes, it's part of an old scheme that they have Nathaniel Hackett on. Uh, I get it. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a rapport with any of these receivers besides Alan Lazard. And it's pretty clear through Aaron Rodgers' actions and words over the years that he values having rapport with those receivers and values getting those reps in. And so if the Jets wanted him to attend off-season workouts, they needed to pony up the compensation in order for it to get done. And I think the Packers knew that because they could have just sat on it, but the Packers knew that they 
needed to get the compensation for this year's draft. And in a press conference that Ryan Gutekunst actually had regularly scheduled for today to talk about the Packers uh, pre-draft with the NFL draft coming up in just a bit this week, it was very clear through Ryan Gutekunst's comments that he wanted to make a trade that included compensation for this year's draft. Um, Brian Gutekunst said that he was disappointed that he ultimately didn't get to discuss this with uh, Aaron Rodgers beforehand. Obviously, there was a lot to talk about that uh, leading up to uh, the Pat McAfee interview. But in in the actual press conference himself, Ryan Gutekunst said that uh, when asked about how much he valued moving up two picks in the middle of the first round from 15 to 13, if I were to do that, I would be doing that because I thought it was important. Pretty, It's pretty clear that it's something that Ryan Gutekunst fought for a lot in the trade. And it's why the Packers made the use of the leverage that they had in this situation. Uh, the Jets wanted Aaron Rodgers to attend off-season team activities. And the Packers wanted draft compensation for 2023 in return. So if they weren't going to get that 2023 compensation in return, Packers could have just sat and said, it makes no difference to us whether Aaron Rodgers is traded immediately following the first round of the draft or after, I don't know, say August 15th, just leading up to week one of the draft, week one of uh, the regular season. And the Jets obviously can't have that happen. So that was great, great, great use of uh, leverage by Brian Gutekunst. Brian Gutekunst prioritizing that 2023 NFL draft compensation, by the way, gives us a lot of insight into what the Packers believe they have with their current roster, with now their starting quarterback in Jordan Love. I've, I've talked about this a little bit before. The way this roster is constructed, the way the Packers continue to kick the can down the road on the cap with uh, converting contracts, Aaron Jones, Elton Jenkins, David, David Bakhtiari, and including those signing bonuses with the void years and dead cap money down the road means that the Packers believe they can compete now. And that's what prioritizing this 2023 draft compensation says. If the Packers were just worried about building up towards something over the course of multiple years with Jordan Love, they would be fine spreading out their draft pick compensation. Uh, if you look to, I'm going to harken back to the Chicago Blackhawks example uh, because they're rebuilding absolutely terrible right now. And so their general manager, Kyle Davidson, is continuing to stack up first-round picks in the NHL draft, first- and second-round picks um, for this year, for the year after that in 2024, and also picks in 2025. The Chicago Blackhawks are preparing for a long-haul rebuild. Um, Green Bay is not doing that. For all this talk about rebuild, 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 I get it. You like You can rebuild, quote-unquote, and be competitive, David Bakhtiari talked about this a little bit in a podcast this week. Um, they're certainly having to 
rebuild themselves up with Jordan Love. They had to rebuild with Aaron Rodgers. They went, you know, seven and nine. Uh, it wasn't they weren't terrible. You can still rebuild and not be awful. But it's very clear that the Packers want to compete and want to compete quickly with Jordan Love, especially considering the fact that his contract balloons, his cap hit balloons, starting in the 2024 season with uh, Jordan Love's fifth-year option. Heaven's picked that up. His cap hit goes up significantly up to uh, a salary of $20.27 million. And that is a lot more than his $2.3 million base salary this year, his $3.9 million cap hit. Um, so this draft compensation being a priority for Brian Goodkins says they want to compete. They want to compete now. And they know that they have a short window where Jordan Love is going to have this smaller cap hit in order to do it. Also tells us, regardless if it's compete now in 2023, obviously you're not going all in necessarily, but giving themselves the roster, giving themselves the weapons to have a solid year one with Jordan Law and figure out what they have, confirm what they think that they have in that locker room, and giving Jordan Love every opportunity the Packers can to succeed by getting him assets right away if that's assets to improve the defense so that Jordan Love does not have to win the game on his own on his arm that's getting pass catcher which by the way I think the difference between 15 and 13 in the first round is a big one because I really do think that could be the difference between getting Jackson Smith and Jigba and not getting Jackson Smith and Jigba the wide receiver prospect from Ohio State who is very clearly to me the best wide receiver, probably best pass catcher in this draft. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit more in our draft preview later this week uh, about guys that I think make sense to get two degree Bay Packers. Uh, it could also make the difference in getting the Packers a really solid tight end. Maybe somebody takes a shot on Michael Mayer from Notre Dame really early. Or maybe that pick going from 15 to 13 gives the Packers even more assets to then trade back further. And you can pick up, you can trade down from 13 to 20, 21, and you're able to get yourself another first-round pick in 2024. And then all of a sudden, the Packers may have three first-round picks in 2024 by trading back that way. And that means that the Packers could have the ability to grab a tight end, grab a tackle, uh, like Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State, grab Dalton Cade, the uh, tight end prospect out of Utah. These are all options that are on the table for Green Bay now. And getting Jordan Love that kind of immediate help, regardless of it's on the offensive or defensive side of the ball. Obviously, an offensive will be better so that you can find out more about what you do have with Jordan Love. And doing that this year, and then letting that talent develop for a year into Jordan Love's fifth-year option season, where then you have these sophomore guys in the season 2024, in the last season before 
you potentially have to pay Jordan Love a lot, lot, lot of money because I do personally subscribe to the theory that if you are not willing to make your quarterback the highest paid player in NFL history at any given time on their next contract, you probably don't have a quarterback. That means that the Packers are gearing up to potentially, potentially go basically what looks all in again with Jordan Love in 2024 by getting him the help now, letting that help develop. And that's what the emphasis on getting draft compensation for 2023 in this deal for Aaron Rodgers to go to the New York Jets says to me. Ultimately, I think that this was a masterclass by Brian Gutekinds. Uh, Bill Simmons tweeted earlier today a conversation about <laughs> this Aaron Rodgers trade comment, commenting on it where person A says the Green Bay Packers being person A do you want our 39 year old quarterback we want to dump him so badly that we don't care about the massive cap hit he really wants out also we have no other offers or possible trade partners Jets reply sure what about a second, a conditional first, and we'll swap, swap 13 to 15? I mean, like, put it that way. Aaron Rodgers didn't want to be there. Green Bay didn't want one Aaron Rodgers there. And the Jets gave up a haul to get him? Look, I understand it wasn't a Russell Wilson-type trade, but I don't think that nobody ever thought that was going to happen, uh, especially following the disastrous results of that Russell Wilson trade. And it was very clear that there was going to need to be some compensation and some significant compensation. But Jets fans had really talked themselves into thinking that it was not going to be significant. And if you really believed that it wasn't going to be significant, you cannot take a clear-eyed look at what this compensation is. Tell me it is not, tell me it is insignificant and then say that Joe Douglas did a bang-up job and outsmarted Brian Gutekinds to this one. Because say what you will about Brian Gutekinds. Say about the way that he has developed and shaped this roster. And yes, I understand that Brian Gutekinds and Aaron Rodgers' fickle relationship with him is part of the reason that Aaron Rodgers is no longer on this team. But this is a trade that he executed to the best of his ability. And given the circumstances that he had, it, he did a very, very, very good job, in my opinion. And now we wait and see what the Jordan Love era is going to be. I am excited for the Jordan Love era. Not even necessarily because I believe he has the talent to lead the Green Bay Packers to a Super Bowl, although I'm not saying he doesn't. Um, I'm not saying he does either. But I'm excited to see something different. I think he is a an intriguing enough prospect that we should get behind him. Remember, there was talk about Jordan Love going pretty early in the first round of the NFL draft when he did actually get drafted. And he, if you insert Jordan Love into this NFL draft class, he's probably a better quarterback prospect than I think probably at least two of the guys who are going to end up going in the first round of this draft. Um... This is a trade that is obviously going to make a big difference in the future of the Green Bay Packers organization 
And for better or worse, it's what we have now. And if Jordan Love is not great, then the Packers, I believe, will probably give themselves an option by drafting a quarterback in the mid to late rounds to start developing now. Or then the Packers can draft somebody with one of or not both of their first round picks next season. Because if Jordan Love really struggles this season or even is a middling quarterback, you potentially have that New York Jets first round pick that they will likely get from the conditional second in this uh, trade for Aaron Rodgers to package up and trade up and go get the guy that you want in next year's NFL draft. Uh, Although there's not necessarily a guy who is a clear cut number one that you go get in next year's QB class. It is, you know, an option that's going to be available, particularly because of the past theory that I said that if you are not willing to make your quarterback the highest paid quarterback in league history, then you don't have quarterback at all. And I'm going to stick to that take and means that we will see what comes next for Jordan Love, for Aaron Rodgers, for the Green Bay Packers, for the New York Jets. Because at least for one season, those two teams' fates are intertwined as we wait what the trade compensation will eventually shake out to be. Is it going to be a 2024 second, a 2024 first, probably a 2024 first? And just how high-valued of a pick will that 2024 first be? Uh, Because if the Jets clearly are not performing very well, I think it is likely they sit Aaron Rodgers pretty quickly so that they do not risk giving away that 2024 first. Uh, Because if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play at 65% of snaps and the Jets are really bad, then they can still take that first-round pick, that high first-round pick for next year's draft. All right, that is going to do it for this emergency episode of the Scott and Six-Pack Podcast. Follow us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Start every day with everything you need to know in Wisconsin sports. Now that the Packers draft picks for this upcoming NFL draft are seemingly finalized, now that we actually know where and when Packers are going to pick, we can start preparing for this draft preview episode that will come into your feed later this week. And it's not just going to be full NFL draft preview of all the guys out there, of all the first-round prospects. We're going to be talking about guys that actually make sense for the Packers to pick, what positions the Packers will likely be looking for, what athletes in those positions it is actually likely the Packers take. Because there are some guys in this NFL draft that fit positional needs for Green Bay that do not actually fit the athletic profiles that Green Bay likes to pick. Because under Brian Gutekunst in particular, the Green Bay Packers have a type that they like to draft. And we're going to go over what that type is. Um, Because it can give us a very obvious guide moving forward to who Packers fans should be paying attention to when uh, those guys come off the board or there's talk about them coming off the board. And we can see, all right, maybe we can understand why the Packers are trading up or trading down uh, because their guy did not fall to them, so they traded back to get somebody else. Or their guy is still sitting there, and they didn't expect him to be sitting there, so they trade up to go get him. 
we'll talk about that later on in the future. Uh, if you liked the episode, go to Apple, go to Spotify, rate the show five stars, write some kind comments in your Apple podcast reviews. It really helps us get the word out about the show. Tell us, tell the people in the comments what you like about the show. It'll help us make even better content for everyone. I've been your host, Kedrick Stumbrus. You've been listening to the Scotty Six Pack podcast. Follow me at Kedrick Stumbrus on Twitter. Follow the podcast at Scotty Six Pack. And with that, on Wisconsin, go pack go. It is Jordan Love's season. <laughs>